Hi, welcome into the Irish NFL show presented by Cassidy Travel. Um, week seven, week seven. Uh, welcome into everyone watching. Seven weeks into the season, Michael McQueen, Colin Cronin, Mark Cockrell, Brian O'Leary. Um, Colin, start off with you. How's the form? How are you getting on? Good, yeah, we're one third of the way obviously through the, the season and there are a host of games this coming weekend that I think are real coin flip games. So I think it's going to be interesting to see who people pick and the reasons for those picks. How's it going, Brian? You all right? I'm great, guys. Looking forward to the start of a, another exciting weekend. Big game tonight, Saints and the Cardinals want to whet your appetite for what's Looks like, as Colm said, a big weekend ahead of games and interesting subplots to get through tonight. Yeah, very interesting to see who everybody picks in these little games that are very low. If you look at the point spreads on some of these games, they're very low. It's very hard for the bookmakers to separate them. They'll be separated tonight, I imagine. Mixed opinions here, I guess, at some stage. I'm sure there will be some controversial moments, as always. Uh, Mark, for everyone listening, obviously welcome in. For everyone listening or watching this live, uh, especially in terms of Thursday night um, everybody apart from me went with the Cardinals I went with the Saints so that podcast is available now but uh, a warm welcome into you yeah thanks Michael um, you know of course this is NSYNC week in uh, the NFL because for the first week we have bye 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 with four teams having a bye so uh, unfortunately for us those teams happen to be the Bills and the Eagles who have been two of the best teams in the NFL and the Rams and the Vikings who even if they haven't been the best teams are always entertaining in what they're going through so um, that that removes some of the games and some of the quality this week but you know allows us to use our pop culture references Michael I know you're a big big NSYNC fan big JT fan Big NSYNC fan. Let's trust the big NSYNC fan today as well. Bye, 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 bye. Anyway, uh, let's get into it. We're going to quick fire four games. And the first game we're going to look at ahead of week seven of the season is a game that's on Sky Sports this week. The, the Sky Sports went with the Niners against the Falcons last week. This week they're going with a different game. The Browns at the Ravens. Um, both teams lost in week six. And Colin, this is a really intriguing game because the Browns have not had a, you know really poor start to the season they've found a way at certain weeks the Ravens have a shocking defeat last week against a Giants team which we'll talk about in a bit um, which just bl- I watched the game back just blitzed them and, and Lamar Jackson couldn't cope so that's concerning if you're a Ravens fan going forward isn't it yeah, well, I mean, the divisional game in the division where no team has a, a winning record. So, and it, certainly the way in which the Ravens have ended games is a, a huge concern. Uh, so uh, a tweet, Jay Trotter, who said, the Ravens are the first team in NFL history to hold a double-digit lead in each of their first six games and yet not have a winning record. Uh, it is quite, quite something when you uh, consider... Where, where they have been in games and how they have managed to to lose it in almost in different ways you know i mean uh the obviously the, the giants putting incredible pressure on lamar the dolphins with this phenomenal kind of um offensive resurgence to to get the the win but this i think is absolutely must win for the ravens more so than the browns because the the ravens come into it having their their qb in his contract year there is um you know 
expectations and Ravens fans, Har- Harbaugh has done a phenomenal job there. But you could see in terms of Marcus Peters, who uh, likes to let his emotions show on the, the field um, and hasn't taken the Justin Jefferson lesson where, you know, you need to keep your emotions in check. Um, but you can sense there is some frustration amongst the, the Ravens um, players and Lamar talked about it this week. And um, I suppose the if you're a Ravens fan, um, you're looking at it and the fact they haven't lost consecutive games to Browns since 2007 when Brian Billick was the Ravens' uh, head coach. So I am going to say that the Ravens are going to right the ship a little bit and they are going to get a hard-fought victory against the Browns. The Browns aren't a very popular team, really, early for bearing in mind what's going on in the off-season and taking the flyer on Sean Watson. And I know a few Browns fans. I actually spoke to them a few of them this week and... They're pleasantly surprised by what Jacoby Brissett has done. Like He's not the issue right now. Defensively, is the issue. And that's where, for me, it's quite a surprise because a lot of us felt that this Browns defence could do a job this year to hold them in a lot of games. And OK, they've lost a lot of close games, but the points in which they've given away, I mean, they gave away 28 last week, a lot of late points for the Patriots, 30 the previous week against the Chargers, 23 against the Falcons offence that's playing really well this season. They're giving up an average of 131 yards you know, on the run game, which last season wasn't what they were doing. And okay, the Ravens haven't got the best of run games. In fairness, Drake had a really good game last week. You know, bearing in mind the Giants won, he, he ran for over 125 yards. And Lamar, on his day, you know, he can, he's a very effective runner. He's their, he's their most explosive player, really. You know, if you look at the rushing yards this season, 451 yards, two touchdowns, he is their running back, essentially. Um, Jacoby's had a good season, but in this game, I'm with Colin on this. I think the Ravens. They gotta win this. The pressure's on. I think they'll rebound after last week and find a way to win. I don't think it'll be pretty, but I think they'll get get over the line. Yeah, the Ravens are finding amazing ways to lose games, aren't they? Um, it is quite, as Colin called it out, quite exceptional the way they've thrown games away in relation to it. Like Brian, I do know a couple of Browns fans. My my one of my the biggest Browns fans I know is a funeral director, and I think that really sums it all up and everything. He's used to. Uh, depressing circumstances, death and destruction. And, uh, you know, other than the, the the green shoots of hope that the Browns were springing up in the last couple of years, I think any of that goodwill, any of that joy of, like, seeing a once great franchise come back to life um, has pretty much been diminished for most neutrals with their actions during the off-season. Um, you know, to me, this is always difficult to call. It's an AFC North rivalry game. These games are usually very tight, whether it's Pittsburgh and the Ravens, whether it's, uh, you know, the Browns and the Steelers, the Browns and the Ravens and everything. These teams play each other twice a year. They know the schemes. They know the history. They fight each other, you know, to the death, Princess Bride style. Uh, And the problem, however, if you remember Inigo Montoya, is that the Ravens can win this game still fighting left-handed. The reality is they should they should, and that's the important word, completely outclass the Browns and get back onto winning ways. By doing so, they have to actually perform and show up in the fourth quarter. Every single metric, other than Justin Tucker's kicking ability, has dropped off the cliff for the Ravens. I do think they're a better team than what they've shown, however, in some of their defeats last in the last few weeks. And 
you have to give credit to the Dolphins for an amazing comeback. You have to give credit to the Giants last week for, you know, making the plays necessary and containing Lamar on both sides of the ball. Real good complimentary football. And the Ravens have too much talent. They've got too much, too good a head coach, much as I sometimes dislike John Harbour and his whining. Uh, he's a bloody good coach. Uh, and for that reason, this is their get right game. They will win this game. They will win this game by three touchdowns and really make a statement and re-energize their campaign this year to finally get Lamar uh, at least even into the FC Championship game. That would be nice, guys. You mean the Super Bowl this year? Um, I'm joking. The... the Championship game, Michael. Never even got to that level, as far as, as, far as I can remember, because he's never won enough playoff games to get to that. See, and, and, and that's that's what I was going to say. Like the, the, the expectation and the imagery of Coach Harbour in Baltimore is like that of the Messiah. And the respect that they have for him, they look at him in the same way that they look at Mike Tomlin, which is one aspect. Um, you can't cover over the cracks. Um, you know they've got a bottom five pass defense that ranks fifth worst in the NFL at the minute. They've got forty one percent of a third down conversion rate on their offense with the with the weapons that they have. It's just it's inexcusable. Last week for them. You know, everyone's slagging Green Bay all week and saying they've got serious issues. The Ravens had a, a had a decent lead in New York or in New Jersey last weekend, and no one's really talking about it in terms of the of the mainstream media. That being said, um, I think Week Seven this week is going to be the week that we see teams for what they're really worth. I think this game will be one of those, uh, and I agree with Mark. I think this will be a two or three touchdown win for the Ravens. I feel that the Ravens will stop the run on the Browns and I don't think the Browns have got the uh, assets or any sort of fighting them to take the Ravens far um, I still think the Ravens will considerably comfortably win their division but this week I'll, I'll take them to beat the Browns and that's my pick if the Ravens were comfortable with all the weapons in which we say they have they wouldn't be taking a flyer on Sean Jackson and bringing him in and signing him immediately so I don't think that they're comfortable with Bateman and Dubery or whatever way you want to pronounce his surname, he, last year he was a special teams player. Now all of a sudden he's been thrown in as one of their main wide receivers. They don't have an explosive threat, in my opinion, that can do it consistently. Deshaun Jackson's probably passed his sell by date, but he'll still get a chance to prove himself. But why would they, why would they be doing this if, they, if there wasn't panic, a certain bit of panic or concern around how well their offense is played outside of Lamar? They could lose the next 12 games on Harbour with Silver Job. That's the problem, uh, Baltimore. Uh, and eventually, uh, right, whether right that's next year or the year after, it'll come to. Uh, I mean, it'll come to. Has, I want to say he has won the super. He has won the Super Bowl, like, and he's coached a perennial playoff team uh, and absolutely, got them to... uh, absolutely. But there have been issues over the last two or three years, like big time. There was considerable discontent last year at certain points, and he was then given a considerably large new contract. And of course, there's a lot of respect there, and it's important for continuity. However. At the minute, in certain games this season, they have underperformed. Certain players have underperformed. Certain players have excelled. It just depends. But they'll win this game comfortably. In terms of, um, in terms of bringing in Deshaun Jackson, I mean, it's just like it's ridiculous. I mean, it's like the it's like the what the the merry go round. I'd love to see his stats. Can someone get his stats for like the last two or three seasons, please? Because I'd love to see it. I would go as far as saying he hasn't scored more than five touchdowns in the last five years. It's pathetic. I don't get it. Anywho, let's let's move on. Let's let's move on. Um, 
So we're all in agreement. So that that's a good start. Uh, Falcons at the Bengals. Uh, both teams. It's hard hard to believe. Colin, the Falcons are free and free. I think a lot of us, including myself, thought they would be bottom of their division. Um, looking at the stats, though, it's clear that the reason why they're sitting free and free and they're doing all right, their coach is coaching them to the absolute bollocks. He's flying high. Arthur Smith. Um, you know, and Brian Dable's probably the the runaway candidate at the minute for coach of the year. But if if the Falcons were sitting four and two. I think there'd be as much of a conversation about it. Marcus Mariota looks reborn. Uh, looks good on the offense. Obviously, they're relying too much on the run. But this is the Falcons team that have overperformed. But this this week, they're going into Cincinnati and going up against the Bengals team that, frankly, needs to win this game to go into a more positive record during the season. Yeah, I, I think probably the, the Falcons maybe maybe even more so than the Seahawks so it's close have um surprised right the Giants are up there as well but this is a, a team who nobody was kind of giving it a chance uh, before the season and remember they've also have 77 million in dead cap now they brought that on themselves in terms of Matt Ryan and trying to get Deshaun Watson but 77 million in dead cap and Arthur Smith is doing a, a heck of a job, you, you would have to, to say. They're especially on offense. They're going about things in a, a very different way. But overall, I suppose we're seeing, like, passing is down across the league this year. Points are down across the, the league this year. Um, and the Falcons are a team who have brought in a, a Russian QB. And they have found ways to, to win games. They're going up against, um, I suppose, a, a Bengals um, side, you know, um, who have struggled at times, but have found form over the, the past few games. And the Falcons actually have, um, you know, while they talked about the, the great rushing attack, their um, run defense has been really, really good, but their pass defense hasn't been. And that, I, I think, could potentially be the, the big difference in this. Also, one of the things that the Bengals have been doing that's maybe sneaky good, I saw uh, Warren Sharp tweet about this, is their um, third quarter defense has been absolutely exceptional. Um, they have 20, allowed 22 points in the last 14 games. So the adjustments that they're making um, at halftime are brilliant. If they're offense was even half as good at making those defense and that's the offensive coaching not the players um then they would be absolutely flying i think i think they will eke it out but at any i i do not expect it to, to be a blowout because i think the falcons are you know f- um gonna stick around i just think that jamar chase joe burrow are finding form at the you know at this stage of the season and they'll probably have enough Brian, I think uh, the Bengals are six and a half in the handicap, so one touchdown, give or take. I wouldn't be confident of that, regardless of your selection for this game. Well, the Falcons, like Colmus touched on there, they're in terms of their own game, they're the tour best run rushing offense in the league, but large part of that's down to the fact that Mariota is also contributing, like Lamar does for for um, for the Ravens. And he only threw the ball 12 times last week. So it's efficient offense. Let's not put ourselves in jeopardy. Let's not put ourselves in harm's way to lose the game or certainly put ourselves in position where we're having pick sixes or interceptions. And let's just play a methodical game and see how, how it goes. Um, they're tortured in the league, though, defensively. I know Colin has called out 
good against the run, poor um, in the passing game. And for me, in a passing game where, in fairness to the Bengals, the one thing they do do well is they've got explosive players. T against Tyler Boyd, Chase, uh, running backs on the day that can get out on the perimeter and take screen passes. And I, 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 that's where I see the, the down. That's where I see the flaw in this game for, for this uh, Falcons team. Can they live with this uh, Bengals offense that seems to be getting right? Um, I'm even looking at three defeats. Like we've been, I, me included, have been critical of the Bengals at times. But I looked at three defeats. Steelers on a field goal. Cowboys on a field goal. And the Ravens on a field goal. I mean, things could have been very different for this team. Teams swing swing other ways for them. But they're three and three. I'm with the Bengals in this game. I think it's too big an actor. A Falcons team that I have been impressed with. I didn't think they'd come bottom of the division. I predicted the Panthers to be bottom of the division. I felt they would surprise us and win more games. And they have done. But this is a bigger level now. The Bengals are a playoff team and we'll, we'll, we'll probably play like a playoff team and win this game. Uh, yeah, the Plugs of Bengals are a playoff team, but they've got to set the alarm clock finally. I mean, if we want a, a political reference to Liz Truce, why not? It's topical today. I mean, she should have woken up when she got the premiership. She should have woken up when the mini budget went down like a lead balloon. She should have woken up when she fired her chancellor. She should have woken up when Sula Braverman left. And she definitely should have woken up this morning when she's getting a tap on the shoulder and realized the writing was on the wall. The problem with this Bengals team is if it's the first half, they're still asleep. They actually play, and they, you mean talking about all the exciting talents they have, they actually look half asleep in the first half of games this year. It's a good thing they've got such a great third quarter defense because, frankly, they need it every time. They are almost exclusively playing from behind. And if they keep boxing themselves into that corner, it is going to be a problem. Now, do I think it's going to be a problem this week? Well, it could be because the Falcons is. Colin rightly called out, uh, you know, these both teams are both three and three. We didn't expect the Bengals to be this low, but we definitely didn't expect the Falcons to be this high. So, yes, huge, huge credit to Arthur Smith and to Marcus Mariota and that whole team. But one of the fundamental facts, I think, for both of these teams, it's all about the O-line. The Falcons O-line has actually been very good. And so good in the sense of protecting Mariota when he needs to be carving holes in the running game. And that is why the Falcons have been surprisingly quite a good offense. I think it's the biggest contributor as opposed to the skill players. And the Bengals O-line started the season like they, you know, just woke up from the Super Bowl the day before, even with the investments, even with the changes they've made. Over the last six weeks, have we started to see progress on that? Yes. Do they still need to get a lot better to be a proper playoff contender and potentially repeat their journey to the Super Bowl this year? Absolutely. But overall, do I think that, especially in Cincinnati, that they've got enough to handle this Falcons, surprising Falcons team? Yes, I do. Um, but never say never with these Falcons. They're going to be the surprise package, and I think we've underestimated them too much at our peril. Um, I will say this, though. Arthur Smith came out with a really interesting line, which is very true. He said, hey, you know what? You look at the stats. We've been blown off the field last week against 49ers. We were, you know, at yardage gains with huge gaps. And yeah, we ranked 29th against the pass and 31st against the run or whatever it was. He called and he said, but we do good situational defense. And you can say that's Ben don't break. You can say that's they get the key play at the key time. Generally, he's been accurate in relation to that. And they've been playing very united as a team. Um, but I can't see past the Bengals this week. I just think they have too much talent. They're starting to gel. They're starting to get the O-line. Just get the alarm clocks out and wake up in the first quarter for a change and make your life so much easier.
So much easier. Look at poor Liz. Come on. Thank you for that. Yeah, and that, the last thing I'll say about Liz Trust is somebody tweeted me saying that the Eagles have not lost a game while she was Prime Minister. So thank you for that, whoever your name was. appreciate that. Um, I think it's important to speculate, and well, not speculate, but just to note that the Niners team that the Falcons were playing last week were unbelievably banged up to the point where I'm actually concerned at the amount of people they have out. And we'll talk about this game uh, later on in, in, in this broadcast, but... Um, they should take their own bye and just let the Chiefs walk over them this week because the division that they're in, the joke anyway. I mean, we'll talk about that later on. The Falcons, though, they've, they've got a really, really good young core there with Drake London and Cal Pitts, and it was great to see Cal Pitts finally get a touchdown last week. Um, Mariota, as I said, looks more mobile, mobile, um, and the reality is it's Arthur Smith coaching this team and taking them past what they're actually able to do. They still need a long-term answer, a quarterback, in my opinion. And I think they've reached their limit. I, I know we've talked about it being a surprise. I think teams will start to find them out over the next couple of weeks. But they've done really well to get to this situation. They'll probably get another three or four wins this season. Maybe five. Um, and that's as far as they'll get. In terms of this game, the Bengals need to win. As simple as that. The game's at home. Burrow needs to go out and put a performance in. Run the ball. Get the ball down to Jamar. Easy as. This win will be a 10-14 to 14 point win for the Bengals. 